2: That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, I just want to um, let people know that um, uh, we are aware of a problem with our stream. It's not so much uh, a problem with our terrestrial partners. So if you're a terrestrial station and you pull our stream, uh, which a lot of uh, stations do, um, there's no interruption. Um, but what's happening is uh, during this live feed, uh, we have our relay partners, uh, and some of our relay partners are experiencing um, some in and out, a little bit of in and out, uh, where it's bouncing uh, to a pre-recorded introduction or something like that. And um, we have a we have a team working on that. So if that happens today. Um, and we're hoping that it's fixed because we reported it yesterday. But um, if it happens today, just email Scott at scottadamshow.com. dot com. That's email Scott at uh, email us at Scott at scottadamshow.com dot com to let us know that you're still experiencing trouble. And there's several solutions to fix this problem. And uh, so we'll have it fixed. We just don't know what you're hearing because what we hear in our studio is, is perfect. So, you know, it's, it's no problems. All right. So that's uh, that announcement. Um, be sure to check out com. That's Scott Adams Uh If you'd like to go ahead and check out our latest podcasts or hear something that you may have missed on a live feed due to these technical issues. Um. So, there's the Bucharest Nine. <laughs> What's the Bucharest Nine? Uh, the Bucharest Nine is uh, Bulgaria, Czech Republic, Estonia, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Romania, and the Slovak Republic. They all met today in Bucharest, Romania, in preparation of the NATO summit in Madrid. Uh, we have welcomed, uh, it says here, we have welcomed NATO Secretary General Jean Stoltenberg. So I'm looking all over this. And of course, NATO and, uh, the Bucharest nine are doing their thing. And, um, in any case, it's just, it's, it's a little, it's a little, uh, it makes me think. It makes me think of, uh, where we have come from since NATO has really expanded its reach. NATO has expanded its, its aggression. And I said this, I said globalists are destroying peace in the world. The West has become the tyrannical dictators of our time. They gained their power by exploiting a rigged system, buying low-level elections that allowed them to coordinate higher-level elections Election fraud without investigation. So think about that for a second. Um, and uh, we're we're actually still also, um, getting to the bottom of a technical issue. So I got, I got a couple of disruptions already in my studio uh, that, that that caused me to pause here for a second. Um, we're battling with a technical issue of some sort. So hopefully this recording is going to be okay. Um, But when I say this, globalists are destroying peace in the world. The West have become the tyrannical dictators of our time. They gained their power by exploiting a rigged system, buying lower-level elections that allowed them to coordinate higher-level election fraud without investigation. Well, that's really, in essence, the strategy, isn't it? I believe that is the strategy. And so when we see that or deal with that, what we're dealing with is uh, something like George Soros. Remember how it's been known that George Soros is buying up all these district attorneys what he's doing is he's taking a million dollars in a $100,000 race, and he's winning every election with a million dollars. And the million dollars he's getting from the globalist partners. And what he's doing is he's taking outside money. He's putting investigators, you know, the investigate, DAs are investigators, right? So in order to conduct crime, unpunished and to in order to keep your adversaries down then what you have is you have a situation where you rig the system so the whole centerpiece of election fraud stems from the corruption of the investigators Investigate the investigators. Have we ever heard that one before? So that seems to be the problem. The problem is we are not, we have a rigged criminal system where nobody is getting punished. So people at the very top could get away with anything that they want. People in the middle class or in the bottom, or if you're on the wrong side of the political spectrum, are getting away with murder. I mean, uh, or are or, or getting punished. So if you're Trump and you take a couple of documents erroneously, you're going to get investigated. But if you're Biden, you're going to have the laptop lost or buried or whatever. And so you have these two standards of justice. And that applies to the mainstream media as well. Although Don Lamont is gone now as well. And we're going to play a clip from Don Lamont that's kind of interesting here later in the show. But, you know, you got to think about that. you got to think that's how we got here. Because, you know, if you listen to uh, Carrie Lake, she beat Katie Hobbs. But Katie Hobbs rigged the system. So Katie Hobbs rigs the system and does anything happen to Katie Hobbs? No. The secret society is within the law enforcement. And when they want to defund the police, I think that when they say defund the police, that was a distraction. Because there's confusion, because it seems like the woke police that we have have kind of turned their back. You know, the rank and file of the FBI have kind of turned their back on the middle-class conservative patriot. You take Roger Stone as an example of that, right? They strapped up, put a gun on, and raided his house in the, in, in the early morning. And CNN was right there to cover it, got the notification. So the problem with all that is that we know that it's coordinated with the media. And we know that it's political, I mean that's the whole reason why they're cracking down on the middle class is because the middle class that is the is the, is the uh, group of people that the group of people that they they want to crush because those are the people that they can't get to vote for them. Those are the people that are teach, spend every day teaching their kids, worried about their kids school and worried about their kids future. Those are the people that actually do have to sit down at the kitchen table and get a budget together. They care about inflation. They care about taxation. So these are the people that naturally are listening to the politicians and voting for the politician they think is best. But what you have is you have around the world this whole thing. That's what the World Economic Forum Consortium is all about. It's a coordinated hub to get governments and corporate money to be streamlined together to do what they call the social good, but really nobody supports their social good. They claim that social good, because we're too stupid to know, they claim that climate change initiatives are essential and that people are never going to get on board with climate so long as gas prices are cheap. So you have to coerce them into doing the, in air quotes, right thing. And that's a problem. That's a problem. So globalists are destroying peace in the world. The West have become the tyrannical dictators of our time. They gained their power by exploiting a rigged system, by buying lower-level elections that allow that same group, to coordinate higher-level election fraud without investigation. You cannot have election fraud with solid investigative reporting, solid investigative district attorneys, solid investigations across the board. You can't have election fraud with whistleblowers as well. That's why the FBI whistleblowers that Jim Jordan talks about are so important. So it's these types of things that are important. And that's what we're trying to achieve here. That's what they're trying to achieve. That's what George Soros is trying to achieve. The globalists are trying to achieve this. And it's working. But when you talk about that, you know, the people, the wheels of bureaucracy are radically left. because And that can't be by mistake at this point. It cannot be that the State Department's run by a bunch of looney tune left-wingers, or the CIA is full of left-wingers, or the Pentagon is full of left-wingers. It used to be different than that. It used to be bipartisan. It used to be that you could find as many Democrats as Republicans at the irs or at the pentagon or at the department of education or elsewhere but that's no longer the case now you got the cdc you got the who you got the world wef you got the imf you got the world bank and they're all being controlled by money and influencers who dictate and demand left wing philosophy And if you don't bow to their wishes, you'll never get tenure as a professor. You'll never get the front page story as a journalist. The editorial board will see to it that you don't get that. You'll never climb the ladder. There is this political intolerance uh, of the right by the left. And I've seen it almost my entire adult life. It's not new, but it's deadly. And we cannot live this way. We cannot live where equity is the name of the game, where people uh, with a radical left-wing view are in charge of balance and harmony when they uh, base everything on skin color and gender and things we can't control as born citizens. Now, the thing is, is that this equity has really taken an ugly turn Do you recall when Obama talked to Joe the plumber? Do you remember that? When Obama said, we're going to spread it around a little. We're going to spread it around a little. Redistribution of wealth. That was a pledge that Obama made to Joe the plumber. He was like, yeah, but you're taking money out of my pocket and you're giving it to some other group that votes for you. I don't like paying for somebody else's health care. I mean, that's what it was, right? They were pushing Obamacare, and they're basically saying everybody's going to have to pay more so that everybody could have the same health care. Meanwhile, there were several people that weren't paying at all for health care. So they would get their health care for free, while some other guy has to pay out the nose to get the same, if not worse, health care. So Obama's spread it around a little with Joe the Plumber redistribution of wealth pledge is now a full attack on the conservative voting base of America and beyond. In the name of what? In the name of equity, open borders, and money to Ukraine, while white Republicans in East Palestine suffer. Think about it. Pete Buttigieg politicized it to no end. He first said that Trump's brake policy on the trains was at fault to blame. But it turns out it was an axle. It wasn't a brake. It was an axle. So that's number one. Number two, You uh, he says he's not going to go out there uh, and just be a figurehead and put on a show like Trump is going to do today Trump is going to East Palestine he's going to hand out water he's going to uh, shine a spotlight on the troubles in East Palestine and he's going to do that and now the Biden administration is calling and talking about it hey is the EPA out there how about the uh, FAA I'm not the FAA the uh, Department of Transportation um, Pete Buttigieg Pete Buttigieg says, I'm only going to go out there. I'm not going to get into the NTSB's way. I'm going to get out there and I'm, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and really get the job done. Unlike some people that are just showmen. And he was alluding to Trump again, right? Trying to preempt the success Trump's going to have with that event politically. And what he in his essence is saying, well, this is a guy that, that would have some meaning if it wasn't for the fact that he was the mayor of South Bend, and one of the reports coming out of there is he couldn't fill a pothole, that the streets were being torn up and there was no infrastructure plan in place. And that was sad, too. So, Obama spread it around a little redistribution of wealth pledge, he said to Joe the plumber back in 2007, 8 is now a full attack on the conservative voting base of America and beyond in the name of equity, open borders, and money to Ukraine while white Republicans in East Palestine suffer. That is globalism. That's this one world. And by the way, you know who has had enough of it? Vladimir Putin. We're going to go ahead and take a listen to what Vladimir Putin has to say about this.
3: It cannot ignore the fact that Russia cannot be defeated on the battlefield. So they're waging increasingly aggressive information attacks. First of all, targeting the young generations, lying on every step, distorting historical truth, attacking our culture, the Russian Orthodox Church, and... uh, other traditional religious institutions in our country. Now look at what they're doing with their own peoples. They're destroying the institution of family, their cultural and historical identity, and uh, various perversions with regard to children up to paedophilia are accepted as uh, the new norm, and priests are forced to recognize and officiate same-sex weddings. People can live uh, however they want, and uh, we in Russia have uh, never intruded into people's private life, and we're not going to do that. But what we want to say is maybe they should take a look in the scripture, into the holy book of any great religion. It says that the family is a union between woman and man, and these holy texts are now being increasingly doubted in the West. The uh, Anglican Church is now considering the idea of a gender-neutral God. What can we say? God forgive them. They don't know what they're doing.
2: Yeah, It sounds like leadership to me I mean I think that Putin What he said there Pedophilia in the West is becoming the norm Priests approve of same-sex marriages The Church of England is considering a version Of a gender-neutral God They don't know what they're doing The family union is between a man and a woman Putin stands against evil and there it is, and do you know a lot of the left happened to be on the right side of things? I don't know when or how. I think it really did start with Obama when Obama tried to divide our country, and a pea brain like Obama, I mean he's a tyrannical, mean person, uh misguided. he's a psychopath. Barack Hussein Obama has got to be a psychopath. People throw him a pass because he's black. People throw, throw him a pass because he was the first black president and that he rose to power based on not the red states or the blue states, but the United States. He, he was talking about unity. And I can't tell you how many people I met that basically decided that they were going to vote for Biden because of unity. And there's been nothing more divisive than the program of equity and discrimination and segregation that the left supports. The trans storytelling, the gaslighting, and all this business, the open borders, the lying, the borders are secure. No, they're not. They're they're open. And they just tell you that the sky is purple until you're blue in the face. And there's no getting around it. They're the authority and you're not. They're basically, in essence, saying there was no election rigging. And then you got this guy, Joe Biden, who's walking on a red carpet in Warsaw, Poland, yesterday. And guess what? He couldn't even stay on the carpet. He was walking off the carpet and the world leaders that were surrounding him were trying to pull him and push him back on the red carpet. As if to say, no, stay on the red carpet. We're just walking back. But instead, he started walking off on this cobblestone like a dummy. I mean, he was like a robot being told where to go and what to do. This guy couldn't think on his own. And you can't just blame it on age because he was plagiarizing every speech he gave back in in the beginning. When he was... You know, back in the back, as a young senator, he was talking out of both sides as he talked about uh, opposing these thugs from the jungle and sharing the same schools as his children, and he thought it was bad, and he wanted to crack down on crime and crack down on heroin abuse and crack down on cocaine, and be tough on crime, and now none of that is true. He's changed 180 degrees. The left used to stand for at least common sense values. But they've changed completely overnight. And we're not supposed to ask any questions. If we do, we're racists. It's absolutely insane. You take Don Lemon, right? Don Lemon, fired from CNN now. But you take a listen to this from 2013. Take a listen. Because black people, if you really want to
1: fix the problem, here's just five things that you should think about doing. Here's number five. And if, if, if this doesn't apply to you, if you're not doing this, then it doesn't apply to you. I'm not talking about you. Here's number five. Pull up your pants. Walking around with your ass and your underwear showing is not okay. In fact, it comes from prison when they take away belts from the prisoner so that they can't make a weapon. And then it evolved into which role a prisoner would have during male-on-male prison sex. The one with the really low pants is a submissive one. You get my point? Number four now is the N-word. By promoting the use of that word when it's not germane to the conversation, have you ever considered that you may just be perpetuating the stereotype the master intended? Acting like a nigger. Now number three. Respect where you live start small by not dropping trash littering in your own communities i've lived in several predominantly white neighborhoods in my life i rarely if ever witness people littering i live in harlem now it's an historically black neighborhood every single day i see adults and children dropping their trash on the ground when a garbage can is just feet away just being honest here number two finish school you want to break the cycle of poverty Stop telling kids are acting white because they go to school or they speak proper English. A high school dropout makes, on average, $19,000 a year. A high, a high school graduate makes $28,000 a year. A college graduate makes $51,000 a year. Over the course of a career, a college grad will make nearly a million dollars more than a high school graduate. That's a lot of money. And number one, and probably the most important, just because you can have a baby... It doesn't mean you should, especially without planning for one or getting married first. More than 72 percent of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. And the cycle continues.
2: Now, that came right from his own heart. In 2013, just 10 years ago, Don Lyman said that. He also had a great interview with Morgan Freeman, and you know I played that famous quote about Morgan Freeman not wanting a Black History Month. You don't. Um, he was talking to Mike Wallace, and he said, "You don't want a White History Month. I don't want a Black History Month." It's like, if you want to end racism and divisiveness, stop talking about skin color. You call me um, an American, you Morgan Freeman, and I'll call you an American, Mike Wallace. We don't need to be considered, you know, uh, talked about by our skin color. Of course, that's what Martin Luther King was all about as well. You know, February is Black History Month. But uh, there's just so much, so many problems that the left has caused. And the left was behind Ku Klux Klan. The left was, uh, you know, it was a liberal governor, um, Democrat uh, George Wallace, that stood in the doorway that, opposed integration. Um, Jefferson Davis was a Democrat that ran against the first president of the United States that was a Republican, and that was Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln uh, wrote the Emancipation of Proclamation, ended slavery. Uh, pa- um, the Republican Party then followed that, his assassination, with the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. That... Uh, Advanced um, black people as citizens and voting rights and uh, whole, being a whole person, not three-fifths of a man. So, you know, they, uh, the Republicans' history on uh, freedom for minorities is so much greater and better than the discriminatory uh, progressive left that has an intolerance for any view that opposes their own. They pretty much adopt Marxism at this point where it's indoctrination, it's uh, you know, just basically this this Cloward and Piven Solilinsky style progressive Marxism that wants to destroy their enemy at all costs. And right now, the enemy of the left is the majority of the population. Of the United States because the United States is majority conservative. And the elections don't reflect that because there's election fraud. And the election fraud's not being prosecuted because the investigators that are supposed to be doing the right thing are all paid for by Sor- Soros. They're the lower. La- it's not much different than when. Biden went over to Ukraine and said, I'm not going to give you the billion dollars unless you fire Victor Shokin, who was investigating Burisma, where his son Hunter was getting $80,000 a month. So when you you know, have control over the district attorneys and the investigators and law enforcement, and that's what this defund the police was all about. It was getting control of law enforcement. And replenishing the ranks of law enforcement, getting rid of the whistleblowers of law enforcement. Again, the FBI, uh, Obama did this. Obama uh, made resign. He had the top brass of the Pentagon resign and installed radical lefties into the Pentagon. Now we got transvestites and uh, woke storytelling and, and white privilege uh, seminars at the Pentagon. We got an open border, and they want more money for the border than would cost for the wall. But what they want to do is just process more illegals. They want the fentanyl to come through our, so, our southern border. They want to, you to drug yourself to death. They want population decline. And we're learning so much more about the misinformation and disinformation from COVID the COVID years, and we're supposed to still go back to that well and believe them. It's insane. It should never happen. Listen to what Donald Trump said once upon a time.
0: I understand the game. I've been on the other side all of my life. And they have a lot of control over our politicians. And I don't say that favorably. And I'm not sure if there's another system. But I say this, I... I'm not accepting any money from anybody. Nobody has control of me other than the people of this country. I'm going to do the right thing.
2: I woke up this morning expecting. And and he did. I understand the game. I've been on the other side. uh, He did do the right thing. He did. You know, let's take a listen to this. This is uh, Maggie Haberman. Maggie Haberman replaced Liz Cheney in Wyoming. And she endorsed. President uh, Donald Trump for President 2024. Vivek Yoshwami uh, also put his hat into the ring. He's a guy I like a lot, but I think that was a bad move. He probably should have run for Congress or Senate. But uh, for him to be running against Donald Trump is a little bit, I think it's going to hurt his brand because I've seen him speak at many, many events in D.C. and he's a really smart dude. He wouldn't be a bad choice for a VP. Uh, VP pick for for Donald Trump, but he's super smart. This guy, and uh, I have a lot of respect for his intelli- intellect. But I think this was a dumb move, and he announced that on Tucker last night. Um, he also made an announcement earlier in the day, but yeah. All right, here's Maggie Hamerman, took over where Liz Cheney left off, and this is what she had to say about grading Joe Biden.
4: it's a flat out F. I've never seen anybody as destructive of our country as the current administration. I lived through the Jimmy Carter years with 15% interest and 18% inflation. Uh, it was, it, the Jimmy Carter years were a disaster, uh, especially to people in the ag industry and, and other uh, highly leveraged industries. I grew up on a ranch near Fort Laramie, Wyoming, and um, he was terrible for our industry. Joe Biden, across the board, has been the worst president in my lifetime. And I think probably the worst president in US history. At, by every single metric that you would judge someone like Joe Biden, he has failed. He has failed to keep us safe. He has failed to address the issues uh, that are important to the American public.
1: Which we've all seen that.
2: So, Maggie Haberman could be a, a wise VP pick as well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. So I wanted to play this uh, Tucker clip um, yesterday. And uh, I'm going to actually play it today. Uh, this was his open from yesterday uh, that I thought was just great. And uh, it was about uh, Ukraine and how we're pushing China and Russia together. How we're advancing, you know, pushing BRICS to be a reality, um, which is going to hurt the G7, which could dominate the currency, world currency standard, which would crush our economy. All this in a matter of just a little over two years, Joe Biden has been the worst president that we have ever seen. Maggie Haberman is flat out right, and she just scratched the surface in a, a quick soundbite. But uh, the the foreign policy... Of under Joe Biden is the worst I've ever seen. Uh, This war in Ukraine wouldn't have even happened if President Trump was the president. So let's take a listen to this uh, Tucker Carlson um, piece.
5: People used to tell you that Donald Trump was stupid. Remember that? He's an idiot. Now, we're not going to sit here and tell you it was a smart idea to turn the White House over to Jared Kushner. It was not. But it's also true, if we're being honest, and we should be, that Donald Trump had far wiser instincts about American foreign policy than any leader in at least a generation. And he did it without the help of anyone. None of his advisors wanted to hear his views on foreign policy. In fact, they desperately wanted Trump to be quiet, but Trump wouldn't. What's the point of NATO, he asked, nearly 30 years after the fall of the Soviet Union. No one in Washington could answer him. Shut up, racist, they replied. But Trump just kept going in his Trumpy way. Why would we fight Russia, he wondered. Wouldn't making Russia our enemy just drive Putin into the arms of China and create the most powerful and dangerous anti-American bloc in history? No one bothered to answer him. In fact, for the sin of asking, they called him a traitor to his country. They impeached him for it. And then they started a war with Putin. But in retrospect, Trump had asked a deeply patriotic question. If Russia ever joined forces with China, American global hegemony, its power would end instantly. You'd have the world's largest landmass and largest natural gas reserves allied with the world's largest population and world's largest economy. So a Russia-China axis would be not just more powerful than the United States, but much more powerful. It would have the scale to control a lot of the world's economy and trade routes and raw materials. It could project military force that Posturing aside, we actually don't have the power to stop. If Russia and China ever got together, it would be a brand new world and the United States would be greatly diminished. Most Americans agree that would be bad. Now, as Donald Trump predicted very clearly, that is happening. Thanks to Joe Biden's reckless and self-destructive response to the invasion of Ukraine a year ago this week, the economies of Russia and China are intertwined. Chinese spending on Russian goods has increased by more than 60%. China now imports more coal from Russia than it has in the last five years. Chinese shipments to Russia, meanwhile, are up by nearly 30 percent. Companies like Ford and Toyota pulled out of Russia. They had to, remember that? So what happened next? Chinese automakers stepped in. Chinese car makers once made less than 10 percent of all cars bought in Russia. Now China makes a third of them. And you can see where this is going. The same thing has happened with smartphones and countless other consumer goods. Not surprisingly, the Chinese UN is replacing the dollar in Moscow. Chinese currency now accounts for fully one-fifth of all trades on the Moscow Stock Exchange. That's up from less than 1% last year. So these are deep and growing economic ties, and they're formal. The thing about economic ties, however, is that they lead inexorably to military ties. So it shouldn't surprise you that China is actively helping Russia in the war against NATO. Which we are leading in other words the country with more ships than any navy in the world has united with the country that has more nuclear armed icbms than any country in the world to fight us through proxy in ukraine well that's scary and the thing is everybody involved seems to know it's scary and just how scary it is our leaders understand that their push for total war with putin which is unnecessary could lead to the destruction of the West. They know that, but they're doing it anyway. In an interview with a German newspaper today, the Ukrainian President Zelensky casually mentioned that, oh, by the way, the entire world may soon go up in flames. Quote, if China aligns itself with Russia, there will be a world war. There will be a world war? If China aligns with Russia? Who could say something like that calmly? Since, as we just told you, China is aligned with Russia. It's already happened. That's not speculation. It's a fact, and as a result of that fact, according to Zelensky himself, hundreds of millions of people will die. No big deal, as long as we take Crimea. This is a very dark way of thinking. Zelensky himself is a very dark force. That is obvious if you watch him. It is unmistakable. Who could not see that? This man is a destroyer. He banned a Christian faith in his country and arrested nuns and priests. Oh, but he's a hero, claim our leaders from Chuck Schumer to Mitch McConnell. No, Zelensky is not a hero. He is an instrument of total destruction. That is not a defense of his enemies. It's just true. And maybe that's why Joe Biden is drawn to him. Biden landed in Kiev today to promote another world war. Watch. Note the air raid sirens in the background. What's strange is there didn't seem to be any air raids in Kiev this morning. We checked. There were just air raid sirens at precisely the moment that Joe Biden appeared for a photo op. Even CNN's reporters on the ground in Kiev know that they've been in the city for the past five days and didn't hear any bombs or missile strikes or any sirens until the moment that Biden walked out for the cameras. I've been here for the past five days. I have not heard any explosions. I have not heard any air sirens until about half an hour ago, right when uh, President Biden was
0: in the center of Kiev.
5: Right. So here you have Potemkin air raid sirens, just the touch required in this, the most tightly scripted, most completely dishonest war in history, the fakest war. And the point, of course, is to sell Americans on yet another $500 million in tax dollars, for Ukraine, for the Zelensky government. Watch this. We've
0: committed nearly 700 tanks and thousands of armored vehicles, 1,000 artillery systems, more than 2 million rounds of artillery ammunition, more than 50 advanced launch rocket systems, anti-ship and air defense systems, all to defend Ukraine, and that doesn't count. The other half a billion dollars we're going to be we are announcing with you today and tomorrow. That's going to be coming your way. And that's just the United States in this piece.
5: Can anyone see how dark and crazy this is? Truly crazy? Yes, many Americans can see how dark and crazy it is. Look at the numbers. How many Americans support this? War for democracy, this war for democracy that Americans for some reason can't vote on. Why don't we have a national referendum on all this? As long as we're leveling a country on behalf of democracy, it might be nice to try democracy here. But no. It's all so grotesque. It defies imagination, really. But imagine if you're watching all of this, this spectacle from your home in East Palestine, Ohio, a home that is still stinking of chemicals you can't identify. So here you have the President of the United States personally visiting a corrupt foreign autocrat to announce a half a billion dollars more in your tax dollars to go to Ukraine. Meanwhile, you, stuck in some lost and forgotten part of Ohio, the state that helped build this country, have a mushroom cloud over your city. The animals are dying, the water is glowing. And yet for more than two weeks after all of this started with the famous train derailment, FEMA and the Biden administration have refused to provide any kind of financial assistance to you. East Palestine still hasn't even gotten a visit, a token visit from Joe Biden's token transportation secretary, Mayor Pete. And after two weeks, people in East Palestine are starting to notice. Watch.
2: What federal response?
5: The White House is under fire for its response to the East Palestine train derailment.
2: If it were in Washington, D.C., it would all be cleaned up and taken care of.
5: I've had massive
4: headaches since it
2: started. And locals
4: say they're feeling the effects of the toxic chemicals. East Palestine resident Melissa Blake says two days after the toxic train derailment, doctors diagnosed her with acute bronchitis from chemical fumes. It's hard to breathe. My chest is always tight, the coughing. I'm 53. I've had two headaches in my life, and I feel like I've had one every day since the controlled burn. My kids will never go play in our backyard again, which makes me very sad. Now it's never going to be safe for them in my eyes. Today, families like the Bayless lined up for a $1,000 check. Per person, is a thousand
5: dollars enough? Probably not. Honestly, it's probably not. Ted
0: Murphy doesn't believe officials who say there's no lingering health risks. I got to move because I'm not
5: safe being here. There is no way we are safe.
2: And we're going to fast forward to another. But nobody cares. Of this they
5: know that. It is a former member of Congress, a former presidential candidate, and one of the very
2: few Ray people Tulsi.
5: in the world who went on television after this invasion a year ago and said this could get really dangerous. You were right. And now that China is aligning with Russia and supporting the Russian war effort effectively against us, this seems like a massive turning point.
4: Well, you you heard it from Zelensky himself talking about the consequences of World War Three. The thing is, he has made very clear that that's where he thinks we are already, that we are in World War Three. Ukraine is the tip of the spear And this is how he justifies demanding, making demands of the United States and all of these NATO countries to equip him with all of the weapons and aircraft and tanks that the United States and NATO have to go and fight this war that we are in against Russia. Uh, He is doing everything that he can to bring us and NATO into this war, directly into conflict uh, with Russia. You remember when their uh, Ukrainian defense missile defense system Unfortunately, had a missile that went into Poland and killed two civilians on a farm. What did Zelensky say? His very first thing, first person on camera saying, hey, this is a direct attack against a NATO ally. U.S. and NATO, you must go and attack, you must go and attack Russia. Uh, the scary thing to me, Tucker, is to hear people like Zelensky, to hear Democrats and Republicans in the United States Congress and Biden administration officials speak so calmly, and with a straight face about World War III, exactly. how would it be won? How would we respond to the use of tactical nuclear weapons? What are our options in this battlefield? Forgetting what Ronald Reagan said when he said a nuclear war cannot be won and therefore should never be fought. This World War III, this path that we are on, unless we change course, it will result in nuclear war. You have all of the nuclear armed countries in the world on this path towards a head-on collision.
5: May I just ask you a really quick question? So Zelensky, who I think this country has borne with great patience, actually, for the last year, has repeatedly said, I've got a border dispute with my neighbor, Russia. You live thousands of miles away. You're not connected. But because of that border dispute and their invasion of the eastern half of my country, your whole family could die. And I'm yeah. OK with that. Yeah. Why, how, why aren't Americans rising up as one and saying, you're suggesting it's OK that my family dies? No, it's not OK. Off the stage. Like, what, why are we putting up with this, honestly?
4: You know, you, you look at the lies that the American people are being told by President Biden, by Mitch McConnell, by these warmongers in both parties selling this lie that this is about defending freedom and democracy. And as he said, there's no greater threat to that democracy than this fight against this war against Russia they are the ones who are undermining our democracy. They are oh, yeah. the ones who are denying the American people our constitutional right to have a say whether or not we go to war or not. It is, it is an affront to the Constitution and every single American, and we should all be raising hell about this because it is our future, the future of the world that's at stake.
5: I agree. I mean, how much... We-
2: yeah, and Kevin McCarthy wears his Ukraine lapel pin uh, and uh, his little pocket handkerchief. And regardless of where he stands and feels about Ukraine, he has to remember that he represents the American people. And that at some point, these powerful congressional leaders need to demand a consensus vote on aid to Ukraine. And we need to hold the elected officials accountable that's how this system must work and until it does uh, we're going to be in big trouble so you know the Bucharest 9 has met and um, they're just escalating this conflict but the uh, over what You know, over what? What does Russia really want? I mean, all Russia wants... uh, It was a really good point that they made when they said... Someone said, what if... um, What if... Russia decided to put all kinds of missiles pointed at the United States in Mexico? We would never let that happen, right? That would never, ever happen. And... We just sit there and allow it. To, uh, so we 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 allow NATO to do that, and not respecting Russia's point of view. We have like this imperialistic point of view, and we shouldn't have that. So, you know, it's just it's frustrating to see that because. Uh, It's NATO and the Bucharest 9 and the diplomats and the globalists in Europe and the United States and Canada, all Klaus Schwab disciples. These were all candidates that were funded heavily by not only Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX, um, uh, but also the election-rigging technologies that Soros had been studying uh, for decades. He he's been involved in election machines for decades. Uh, this is a story that I covered many years ago, and uh, basically, George Soros and his son bought the blueprints and the plans for these election machines, and they did that. And so, you know, we we have to get it We have to get on top of our election fraud. The election fraud, we have to get on top of it. Because that's how they're gaining power. That's how we have representatives in power that are executing plans that we totally disagree with as a as a mass culture. The majority of people, I mean seventeen percent of Republicans support Ukraine. And and not only that, but The majority of Americans don't support this war anymore. I think the number uh, is 60-something percent that oppose this war and the money that's being spent over there. And we should just start to take care of ourselves. But, of course, again, the leadership is there. They're telling you gas is bad and electric's good. Meanwhile, we see these pictures in Congo. We see the slave labor camps. We see the atrocities going on there. We see it all. And we continue to do it. Climate was a hoax. There were so many lies. We're starting to learn about the Russian hoax lies. We're starting to learn about, you know, all the different lies that were being told to us. You know, I, I posted a tweet out there, and I, I said something to the effect, um, you know, the same people that brought you Jussie Smollett and the Russian hoax and COVID you know I want you to believe all these other things uh, let's see if I can oh it was empty hospitals uh, I posted this just last night and I said empty hospitals hashtag needs to be re-examined now that we know the same people behind Jussie Smollett hoax Russian hoax climate hoax we're also behind the pandemic, the scamdemic. The COVID hoax, Ukraine impeachment, and the J6 infiltration, which we're going to learn more about as the 44,000 hours of video come to light through Tucker Carlson's show, where Kevin McCarthy at least released those. And what's amazing about it, what's amazing about the Twitter files, what's amazing about um, the video is the Democrats oppose the transparency. You take this. Peter Sweden said, this is very interesting. Bulgaria is the country with the lowest mRNA vaccination rate in the EU. Can you guess which country had the lowest excess death rates in December? It was Bulgaria. There is a new chart that basically charts where there was heavy vaccination usage. There is now heavy excess mortality. There's a, Direct correlation to this. Well, in any case, (laughs) we ran out of time today. There was some distractions today because we're uh, trying to deal with a technical issue. It's hard to deal with the technical issue and do the show at the same time. But we have a team of people in England that are working on it. That's where our stream carriers are. And uh, hopefully, uh, I won't hear back from too many complaints, but if you have any uh, complaints about the show quality in terms of what was going on with the audio integrity, email scott at com, and that will help us learn more about the problem. All right, and uh, be sure to check out org. Make a donation if you can. It always helps, trust me. And uh, use Red State over at mypillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, from a bye.
0: long But close enough now to see this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there